make me feel so young. You make me feel like spring has sprung. Like the way he's speaking, his confidence is peaking. Don't like his baggy jeans, but I'ma like what's underneath them. Love is a Two Day Dream Believers podcast. I am your host, Space Urban 18. Today we are doing everyone's favorite episode of the New York Arc opening night. Okay, it's nobody's favorite. Anyway, um, but I do have some awesome guests who are going to make this wonderful episode less painful for you. So I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, I am Kitty and I am Slayer Kitty on Tumblr. Hi, I'm Rosie, and I'm coming up Rosie on Tumblr. And I'm RB, and I'm C. Kerouac on Tumblr. Tumblr, Tumblr, Tumblr. So this is going to be a great, great uh, segue into how I'm going to be able to speak tonight. Everybody be, get ready for my enunciation game. Tumblr. All right. <laughs> okay, so we're doing opening night. Um, yeah. yeah. Such a yeah. fun episode of uh, important uh, some parts of it are so great and some parts of it are just like didn't we do this already well i rewatched it today and i actually thought this isn't as bad as i remember it i that's what i thought too but there are still some bad things but anyway let's go we're gonna go through it just like we've done the um all of new york arc we've been kind of going through the episode so i've got my notes here and we're gonna hear one of us was prepared (laughs) Hey, Arby watched so, the whole episode. I'm I was very proud of her. Wow. Narrator's not, voice. It was I not Kitty. Not. She's not prepared. <laughs> I okay. watched the entire thing. I did not fast forward through anything. I Actually, I'm shocked anything. because if I, could, uh, if I could remove the image of Sue and that dude from my brain, I'd be forever grateful. <laughs> See, I oh, can't believe I cannot I unsee. What this episode was about, and so I'm watching the whole thing, going, "Oh, I remember this. I remember this." Ah! <laughs> so it was a, it was a really interesting. But by that real- point, I had already scarred myself, so fast forwarding wouldn't have made any difference. No, I can't believe you didn't stop the last five minutes. But anyway, okay, we'll get there. Oh, opening it up, Come on, you've got to like the opening sequence. The opening sequence 
is Rachel in a dream sequence singing Love Fool. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. So I have two comments about this. One, okay. I thought it was hilarious. I yes. I really, it really harkens back to the kind of um, offbeat, ridiculous, heightened reality glee of the first season that I really enjoy. Um, but I also thought in this sequence and throughout the entire episode, the lip syncing was way more obvious in this episode than it has been in most of the other episodes. But I'm sitting here going, I can't tell whether you're not lip syncing correctly to the words or whether the auto tune is just so bad that there's no way the sound could be coming out of your face. But or it was is to the, the audio in your video yeah. on your copy of the episode like on a delay? I don't, I don't know, but I was watching it on Netflix, and so that's weird. It's pretty good at that, but it was so. Yeah, I didn't really notice that. That would have been a thief or with my Netflix. If if it hiccups or if I pause it or something, then everybody's audio and the video are off by like twenty seconds. Yeah, oh, that's bad. Like Twenty seconds. It would have been. It was like, like a, a split hit. second. Yeah, it's like but, it's like a split second. I don't know, but it was really really obvious to me, and I'm like. I know, I know that you lip sync. I know all of this is super auto tuned. I, I know this. However, it was really, really bad, and it also doesn't help that I adore Love Fool. Love Fool is one of my all time favorites. Like I, love so I have to bring so this up much. because people comment on this, and I don't have a logical reason as to why it's in Rachel's dream, but I do understand the connection with William Shakespeare and Rose from Titanic, and it's Leonardo DiCaprio because, um. Love Fool was on the soundtrack for Romeo and Juliet, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, which starred AKA Leonardo DiCaprio. The best movie of the 90s. And then, Amen. So then good. it was Titanic, which Leonardo DiCaprio was in. So that made sense to me. I don't understand why it was in Rachel's dream, but I do get why well, they it's Shakespeare. Rachel, and if anybody was going to be Shakespearean about something like this, it's Rachel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured they had it because of the song. Like, like throwing, like, Hey, we know where this song came, got its roots, and why not? It's a dream sequence. I, I would also, say that was a deep cut, but they also did the same thing with um, Love Song and Naked. So, oh, I keep saying Love Fool. It's not it's Love Fool, not Love Song. I, whatever, I'm not saying it. But yeah. um, I also really like the throwback. I like that everybody's wearing clothing. From, like, you know, Kurtzen is to find gravity thing and Blaine's in his Warbler's outfit. But their I hair was has shocked not changed. that Chris could actually still wear that sweater. I'm sure it's not the same one. Yeah. You think they went out and bought him a bigger one? Because I was yes. Yeah. Yeah, but that sweater's three years old. At that so, point, wasn't it? Four years old? The costume and the department has Fox money behind it. It's not like me trying to find a sweater <laughs> from three years That's ago. That's true. That's true. <laughs> If Glee had nothing else, the costuming and props department knew what they yeah. were. Doing. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. it was, but I love that their haircut was still like to present day haircut. They didn't like put Chris back in like his bangs lower and stuff like that. It just or yeah. Santana's hair we is not in a ponytail. It was really happening. I'm and I'm also kind of shocked. That Karofsky, they brought Karofsky back for just like that five seconds, and then like that, you know, Jacob and Israel's there for like five seconds, and but 
But I mean, this is the episode that kind of like is bringing back Lima elements because they're contractually obligated. I, I assume it's because they're contractually <laughs> obligated. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that Jane Lynch was contracted to have X amount of minutes in an episode or something because that's, I, I cannot imagine any other reason why she's in um, this episode. Yeah. So, or maybe she was just contract contractually obligated to appear in a certain number of episodes. It didn't matter yeah. how long. Right. I don't know. Anyway, dream, se- dream sequence is, is awesome. I love the dream sequence. Um, it only gets better from here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So we open, uh, after the dream sequence with Kurt waking or well, Kurt was waking her before, but now she's awake and she's reading things. And now she's, it's the middle of the night and she's going on and on about how like actors need validation and why do they do this? And I do like Kurt's reaction of just like, give me your phone. You're not doing this to yourself. Yeah. Well, why does he just turn off three- the Wi-Fi? It's 3 a.m. I'm really tired. Just give it on me and we're going to bed. And I mean, this is the... just turn off the Wi-Fi. I don't understand why he, he goes through the whole, like, having to talk to her. Just well, because turn off then the he Wi-Fi. won't have Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, he shouldn't suffer because That is her. a small price to pay to get somebody to hush. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it'd be worth it. I, I am a little eye-rolly this entire episode. Like, in the episode itself, I think there's a lot of humor to Kurt and Rachel. But as a big context, I'm just like, why is he doing this role again? I feel like we're back in season four. Um, and season three. Um, anyway. So, yeah. That's their little scene. Okay. Because it's Rachel's opening night. and I, But I do understand. Like, the other thing is... Rachel hasn't really had a storyline in the New York arc. She's really been a bit player. So I do understand that, you know, her being technically the main character of this show, she gets an episode to highlight her opening night on Broadway. It makes sense. I get it. So I don't really, and I didn't even then, didn't really have any objection to that. I had an objection to a lot of the Sue stuff, but Rachel having an episode, yeah. Because with the show and everything, and actually it was really done well. Yeah. All right. So then we get actually. Okay. So we now we have our Will and Sue stuff. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. So Sue Classing decides she hates right over that. Yeah. Like <laughs> they well, took that like, magic train to New York, or at least talked about it. Yeah. That's. I I I really love the teleporter technology that they use to just automatically get from Ohio. Yeah, it's the I magic. I mean, where the hell has that been all my life? I need to go to Lima and find it because <laughs> that shit's three hours down the road. I can be there in, in less time if I tried. And I mean, teleported to New York. Sign me up. Maybe they have some form of the magic school bus, and instead of taking you on Wonders of the Human Body, it takes you magically to New York. <laughs> oh my God, that means Miss Frizzle would be driving it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now that so, would, now that would be a teacher who would get along great at McKinley. Has anybody ever written a story where the biology teacher at McKinley is Miss Frizzle? Because I would I read the so. heck out of that. <laughs> Not one that I've ever seen. I would read the heck no. out of that. 
Look at me. Uh, I'm even. I'm even trying not to swear as much tonight. I'm trying to be mm, classy. I'm, I'm trying to be classy. Admittedly, oh, wow. it's it's classy with a K and an IE and a heart over the I. But still, baby steps. Does anybody write classy like that? Not anyone that I've ever seen. <laughs> I love the kitty just a girl. Missing out. <laughs> missing out. Anyway, so yeah, um, we've got our contract-obligated actors um, singing their way. It's fine. It's not necessary. Do you think that's why Matt Morrison's in this episode? Yes, I do. I think Will and Sue. I think they were. Because why why else would they... I mean, why else would they have an entire plot line? I mean, why are they not just showing up for a part of it? It kind of falls into the same category of, you know, Will showing up to places that he shouldn't be able to get into, like, backstage at a Broadway opening night. Uh, the same oh, way yeah, that we'll he get ends to up that in later. Dalton at, in the evening on what is a closed <laughs> private school campus, and he's just rolling up there ten minutes late with Starbucks. It's like, hey, boys! <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it just kind of fits. He just takes me shopping because that's not inappropriate at all. I mean, it's, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, why, moving on. Why wouldn't he be able to just pop up? It's like, yeah. So I told the guys at the uh, at the stairs. I was like, I knew you, and they're like, of course you do. Go on back because I know that every time I try to get into the background of a, uh, I try to get backstage at a Broadway show. All I have to do is tell the guy at the door. No, trust me, I know one of them. I know that <laughs> Bomer. Let me back. Sure, go on. <laughs> Okay. And well, she was on the news. <laughs> we'll get to those more egregious scenes in a minute. First, we have there's a lot of returns in this particular episode um, because we have Sue and Will returning, and then the next scene is Return of Tina, which is actually I think is well before that. This this is the most I have liked Tina in like ages, ages. Oh, like see, since mid, like since early season. Yeah. No, I hated her through all of season four. I couldn't stand her. Okay, then. I, she's been like this, like, the second half of season five, though. I think she's been pretty decent. Well, she oh, hasn't yeah. even been in very much. She always gets short shrift. She did. She does. short shrift. So they made her so angry and bitter in season four that I couldn't enjoy her yeah. at all. And I really just disliked everything, you know, that they did with her. But... In this episode, I'm like, this is the Tina I remember. This is the Tina that I like. I'm so glad she is not so angry and bitter anymore. I think I despite like all of her her problems with college, she seems to be enjoying it. I mean, like, <laughs> she's like, my Pakistani roommate. And, you know, this guy I dated turned out to be gay. <laughs> They're all like, okay. <laughs> I love that moment when they're all like gay and Kurt's like homosexual. (laughs) And Tina's like, no. Yeah, okay, fine. That's when they're trying to get rid of her as well. She's like, what about my Oh yeah. She because she's all like because Rachel apparently is having issues and um Oh my god, Rachel's having issues? 
Oh this is my a god! Brand new development. Yeah. Anyway, you know Rachel has a large nose. I. That's the thing that bugged me. So there's all of this criticism, quote unquote, that she's reading, and like the worst thing that they say about her is that she has a, a big nose. And I'm like, the criticism really? that she's reading is so incredibly mild. Oh, it is. I mean, I'm like, not to mention we've covered the fact that Rachel doesn't care for her nose. They devoted an entire episode to it in season two. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, like, you're expecting that they remember things from season two. Well, they did. They remember that shirt from season one. <laughs> <laughs> they remembered the laryngitis episode because, um, which is so funny. Tina's like, if your laryngitis flares up again, but she got her tonsils removed, so it wouldn't happen. But whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I also like like before. I think this is before Tina comes in. They're talking about you know just anybody can say anything about in, you know anyone on the internet. It's just not very nice. Maybe I'm like. Fine. Come on, guys. I know what you're saying, and I agree for the most part, but you guys did this a little bit subtler back in, like, season two when Gwyneth Paltrow was giving us a talk about this. Like, yeah, I know, but Steve Subtlety got thrown out the window with the lesbian <laughs> blogger comment in season four. <laughs> so, like, now they're like, come on, guys, don't be mean to us anymore. And yet they're not even, like, they, how, you know, you don't dare you know, Disney and Michelle in this thing because, like, Rachel Berry is queen, and you can't give her any real criticism. Well, it's just like she never has any real challenges. Yeah. She doesn't get real criticism. She doesn't get real challenges. It's She never it's grows boring. as a character. No. Yeah. And it's funny because there's a lot of stuff that I think is funny in this episode. Like this whole Tina bit, I do think is legitimately funny. And I love Mercedes at the end. She's like, Tina, you're coming to my place. It's just <laughs> these yeah. actors are really good comedic actors. It's just the material they're given is ridiculous. If, if they were so- so here's my, here's one of my issues with this scene. If they were so concerned that nobody say the wrong thing in front of Rachel because she's hashtag fragile, why didn't anybody text Tina and be like, "Girl, these are because she's Tina. These are not things we are not allowed to talk about. This is on her friends because all it, honestly, I would probably start talking about this sort of stuff too if nobody had warned me. This is on every single one of them in that room. That nobody decided to, oh, maybe I should forewarn other people that she's having a moment. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, though. It's kind of like, why is it her friend's, you know, issue to, like, make her feel better about whatever... I mean, that's the thing that I'm getting tired of. I'm like, I understand, like, if it was, like, Arby, if you were going through something, I would want to make you, and I would tell Cutie and Rosie to come along, and we would try to help you and make exactly. you feel better. But, but if you but if you knew that it's like, man, she is really sensitive about potatoes today, you would tell them, <laughs> y'all, she's sensitive about potatoes. Nobody mentioned potatoes because you're a good friend. Yes, no, but at the same like, time. At the same time, they're always coddling her. Like, why yeah. is Rachel always this fragile? Like, why? But anyway, I get it. It's because a, don't I, I, you know that she's the most special bird to have ever been special? Okay. <laughs> she has struggled so much in her 18 years. She's, <laughs> she has struggled through her upper middle class upbringing with two loving parents who have supported her in this dream. She has struggled with a choir teacher who has done nothing but prop her up and give her every opportunity. She has struggled. She has struggled by getting every solo. Do you know the kind of the pressure that is on her because she's consistently given validation? She yeah. struggles. I know. Struggles. Um. She find she finally conquers all of her issues by starring in the first Broadway show she's ever been cast in after being in New York for a hot second. <laughs> I should do. 
Well, take a breath. Take a breath. Okay, so on the other thing, I'm going to talk about Kurt for a second because the next scene, um, I, I do think this is legitimately funny. Even Rachel's reading and listening to really mild criticism of her, and like Kurt comes in and closes her laptop and he's like, "Oh, honey," and it just cracks me up every time I see it. <laughs> um, he's also he's also sleeping with Bruce, um, which yeah. is his boyfriend Pillow. Throwback to season four. Bruce. But I'm assuming just because um, she Rachel's kicked everybody else out of the loft, and I'm assuming Blaine usually spends the night. But when Blaine doesn't, he has to get Bruce out because you know. Look, if I was Blaine, I wouldn't want to spend the night in that apartment either. No, I would. I'm, like, okay. I'm going. To, I'm, and I don't know. I don't know why Kurt's there. I was going to say why is Kurt Kurt there? Gone to another bed and been like, I'm sorry, I have another plan. You marinate. In whatever you need to do. So here's I'm what gonna, I'm going to sit here reading this horrible criticism that says that I should part my hair on the other side. And don't think I know the struggles of being a right-headed parter. Because I just don't understand why you think I should part it on the left. And it's against everything that I've ever believed in. And it's like, I would, I would go sleep. I would go sleep with my boyfriend. I would go sleep on a park bench. I would go sleep at a hotel. I would find some nice person at a bus station. But I, I, okay. I would Okay, here's my headcanon about what happened. Okay. So, Blaine escaped out the door with a very apologetic look <laughs> because he offered his bed to Tina. And he's sleeping on the couch because there's no way in hell he would sleep in that apartment. But there's nowhere for Kurt to sleep, so he has to stay there. Oh my god. So um you see everybody in the group like trying to sneak out the door or the fire escape or like Spider-Manning down the wall. I mean <laughs> Like, trying, trying to get out before Rachel notices. Like, where's everybody going? It's like, we're all just going out to pick up food at the same time in the same Uber, yeah, but we'll all be back eventually. Oh, my God. Okay, so the, here's the thing about, this is, the next scene, they all arrive at the apartment the next day, and... Kurt just reads them the riot act about Rachel's being fragile. And I've never seen her like this. And I'm like, last episode, which was a, it was a more serious episode, even if Artie was dressed up like a giant STD, um, where like Kurt and Blaine are having issues, but Kurt's like, not like this with Blaine, which I glad he's not like this with Blaine. Um, and like, but with Rachel, like every time Rachel has a problem, Kurt has to turn into her entire support system and is like telling everybody else they have to be this way. And it just drives me crazy. I'm like, please stop giving that role to Kurt. Anyway, but we get but if people... we didn't give that role to Kurt, we would give no roles to Kurt. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, we do have this little funny sequence where Rachel is in bed. I don't know what she's pouting about. What is what's wrong? Um, she's pouting. She's pouting. And so Sam tries to cheer her. I would be so pissed off if somebody cut my guitar strings. Like, absolutely. Oh my God. Especially uh, because aren't new gu- guitar strings like hard on your fingers or something? Yeah. Yes. That, is, bug, that, that does bug is, me. That, that, those little scenes are funny. They are funny. Like, the <laughs> like Blaine comes in to give her a massage, and then Kurt comes in with the package, and um, it does, it, this, this does have one of <laughs> the best Tina lines. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Tina! God, that is, like, I mean, the best 
line I think the show has come up with in years. Because oh. it's a reaction to everything about the show. Who wrote this? Tina! See, but <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that I take from the scene is that Leah Michelle is really good at over-the-top humor. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they let Rachel be over-the-top more as the seasons went on? You're, you're right. I love Rachel. The, 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 the character Rachel best when she's just totally over the top. Yes. Yeah, I think that's one reason why I'm more tolerable of this episode than a lot of others, because the comedy of Rachel Pouting is so over the top that it's hilarious. But I think that's why this scene is, I think, the best in the episode. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's absolutely oh. ridiculous. It is over the top. And she's really, she should not be playing the straight man. She is really good at being bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> and just... If you and think they, about it, they should have like, let, let her do more of that. Yeah. One of the first things that really got me in the pilot episode is when she turns around and goes marching down the hallway. Yes. And storms in there and then just totally lies about how what's his face touched her or no, it was uh-huh. touching Brad, not Brad, yep. whatever what's his face was, was touching a student and got him fired. That is the Rachel that made me like the show. Yeah, like I love the. It I was the ridiculous. That, um, that oh shoot, the song with the smoke in the hall and oh, like run, Joey run. run Joey run, run Joey run, yes. Oh, that best is jam ever. <laughs> I mean that that is amazing, and it's still one of my favorite performances that they did in the entire show because it is so. So over the top, and I mean, and, and how just when in, she went in laryngitis, she's walking her, around. Yeah. Uh, she's walking around in her pajamas, and she didn't do her hair because she doesn't yep. know how to to do anything if she can't sing, and she's eating mm-hmm. cereal. Yep. That is fantastic. And you so give as, me more of that, scene, Rachel, and I will as like the her. Series went on; they had her be more and more serious and the straight man, and you know, this is you know. I, I'm super passionate, but I'm not going to show my passion other than just being handed everything. I was like, "Yeah, this is it. I like I like bonkers, Rachel." And this scene gives us bonkers, Rachel again. Well, I think so, a lot of season five gives us bonkers, Rachel's again, Rachel again, because you get like I remember in the earlier episodes of season five when she's like, you know, she just goes crazy in the diner. I mean, it just like, like I said, this episode. There are funny moments. I think that a lot of the Rachel story, actually, even though I'm irritated by certain aspects of it, it's really funny. I think the comedy yeah. is there. I, that yeah. works for me. The um, comedy makes up for the things that I think I would find irritating in this particular episode. Right. Right. Now, it does lead into one of my favorite Sue moments. For some reason, when Sue comes into the loft and does this whole monologue about how she's going to, like, stay with them. And, you know, there's, like, the, the you know, what do you say? Like, the drug dealer will just skip this, you know, because he can't yeah. open the, the door. <laughs> and, like, he's, like, she, they're like, well, I thought you were staying with Will. And she's like, no, adulting, like, <laughs> adultery. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason. And then she's like, I'm going to go stay in Kurt's bed. I hope there's no sex toys lying around. It just, it's so funny. It reminds me of really, really old school, like, school monologues when they were actually funny. Um. Yeah, well, it reminds me of, like, you know, it, it's it's kind of up there with 
one of the, you know one of these days I'm gonna get you a, a kitty cat. I'm gonna let you fall in love with it and then break into your house and punch you in the face. Yeah, still that was still it was one a lot. Best one of the best. You know, so. it was a lot more on the lines of that, and of course, you've got everybody's facial expressions. They're all just bugging out, like, what is happening? Exactly. Exactly. So, so I don't dislike Sue as much as a lot of other people do. I, I find her funny. What got me about this episode is I don't understand why Sue was given the romantic meet-cute plot line. Yeah, because like, they I didn't have... There's not even a B-plot to this episode. There's, or I guess that is Rachel's opening night, which doesn't really have much tension to it, especially after she actually gets to opening night. And then there's the I mean, Sue plot. did anybody really think that it was going to fail? No, but no. this is where I think that the contractual obligation is coming in. <laughs> Jane Lynch if, must have a plot line. Right, but if I was gonna... If I was gonna have somebody have the... I would have given that to Tina. Oh, that would have been cute. I would have given Tina the meeting. And then he'd be gay. Exactly. And that would have been hysterical. And it would have been like, not again, kind of a thing. Like, that's that's what I would have done if I was writing it without, you know, having to worry about contractual obligations or whatnot. Because it really sticks out like a sore thumb. Because this is not a character who we see have these sorts of plot lines. It's not a character who we're really interested in seeing these sorts of oh, plot God, lines no. from her. And I think, I think that the writers, uh, beyond the contractual obligations, think that, like, they personally... I think got a kick out of writing this. I think they thought it was funny to hook well, up sure. Sue with this guy, but whatever. But we'll get more into that in a second. I'm thinking of calling this episode the one with the contractual obligations <laughs> that was contractually <laughs> obligated. <laughs> anyway. Um, so anyway, um, we get also the return of Santana, who's been missing for a while. She's been off on lesbian island with Brittany. Why is Brittany not back? We're not going to even talk about that. Um, I do. Oh. Well, um, she's not back for the same reason that Artie is mysteriously missing for this. I know. That's the other thing. I'm like, I wondered why Artie I wasn't brought, here. I know that you post about it on the Today Dream Believers the other night, and I was sitting here for like 20 minutes going, Was there a reason? Well, they said it in the episode. The reason is that he got his bags in the wind was in um, film in a film festival. Yeah, um, a film festival in Florida, and we all know that Florida doesn't actually exist. Yeah, so it, it <laughs> well, was he's really... certainly not going to fly there from New York when I'm sure there's a gajillion no, but, film I mean, festivals like, in New York he could be in. This is the first episode that Kevin McHale's missed, and I, I just it's am curious early, to... isn't it? No, he he's not there for um, a lot of season six, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. But, I have only watched season six like twice all the way through. All right, and you have to brush up on that. Not this, so. for three years. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it makes me feel better. I only watched it once when it was actually airing, and I still and haven't seen most of season it again. I know. <laughs> I still haven't seen most of season four or five for reasons and you're probably better for it yeah i don't feel like i've missed much <laughs> anyway um it's no, it's no season one or two. Oh my god okay uh, <laughs> we're just not gonna have that argument the continual fight that i have with that i have with pam that's okay that's you know what <laughs> we'll duke it out Everyone's some got other different time <laughs> yes um, that's right. Captain American Civil War was a great movie. 
Oh my gosh! <laughs> because this is a Google podcast, I'm not going to get into the 30 minute explanation on why you're wrong. <laughs> but it has Spider Man. No, okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> we should get back to this. Okay. Where am I? Uh, oh, Return of Saint. Glade. Yeah. Um, you're on Glade. Yeah. I could, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, where is that at? Well, Return of Santana, even though she was technically returned in the dream sequence. Um, uh, so, okay. Oh. Santana goes in and gives Rachel a pep talk. Because she's okay. closer. <laughs> I, I said in my, my meta um, that... Santana's magical lady love fixed Rachel, and that's the end of that tension. I would have much preferred that. <laughs> Why oh. did you have to tempt me with things I could never have? Sorry. I would have made that scene a lot more interesting. That's true, really it would have. But and, then and then Santana would have slept with all the girls on the show except for Tina. Well, maybe that should have been a plot line. <laughs> she should have been able to collect them all. Oh man! Should have well, I mean, bingo well, she didn't sleep with Mercedes either, but that wasn't going to happen. Isn't there a, a joke about the the Tina saying, "I was seeing this guy, but he turned out to be," and everyone goes gay, and like three of the five people or four of the five people in the room with her, she's made out with. Oh, really? I, just my. I mean, just Sam. Um, no, I was, there was somebody, I don't remember, there was a joke about it. Okay, I don't know. I'll have to think about it, or maybe, hang on. She'd rub brains. Maybe yeah. it wasn't Tina who, I, who I, I will have to find this for you, because it'll bug me. <laughs> okay, well, well, Kitty is doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, they, you know, oh, they, okay, so when... Santana comes back out and they're all eating from the gift bag and I'm like Kurt is stuffing his face with chocolate and this pisses me off again because in Tested he would not even touch a sip of that hot chocolate thing and I'm like come on you guys. He got over it. <laughs> You're expecting continuity here. You're really <laughs> expecting too much and in all honesty let's be honest. Teenagers make dumbass decisions one day and then a different dumbass decision the next day. Well, they're I all make, in their... I make dumbass decisions one day. It's like, no, I'm swearing off all of this. I'm going to be healthy and going to live an amazing life. And then the next day... It's I like, God damn it, I'm eating the whole cheesecake. Exactly. All of a sudden, I've got cronut dripping off of me. And it's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And you're just like, you know what? This is a choice. I've made a choice and we're just going to lean into it. Oh, yep. man. All right. So, anyway, there's a group hug and the episode ends and we don't have to watch the rest of it. Huzzah! No. <laughs> no. Uh, that scene where they all go to the gay bar and do a lot, do well, a lot of okay. some kind of drug. Yeah. No. Yeah, let's, okay. Uh, let's work through the rest of the episode. And yeah, let's that. hold on. Look, we'll it's that. Well, I'm can just we saying, like, except fast? for that. Yeah, we can. Hold on. Just let me talk. <laughs> I will. <laughs> no. Um, no. No speaky for you. Okay. <laughs> Um, so rising up and taking over the episode. We get (laughs) it's opening night, and uh, Sue's scalping tickets because why not? Um, Will and Rachel have a really nice heart to heart about Finn. Then his contractual obligations run out. (laughs) 
after he's once again gotten into places that he shouldn't Ow. be able to get into. Let's talk. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I thought you wanted to talk about that. Like, he should be backstage. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, he's just rolling up back there going, no, I totally know her. And everyone's like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. And when I do it, it's called she have a list of acceptable people who are allowed to be backstage? No, not thing? really. Like, I know nothing about Broadway, so, like, that's not a thing that can happen. Maybe, like, your spouse or something, or your parents. Are you trying to introduce logic? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel that that shit makes <laughs> Wait a minute. If I can't expect continuity, you can't expect logic. <laughs> Damn it! Okay, Gina, rolling up back in there like he rolls into Dalton, being like, "Nobody can stop me. I'm gonna come creep on you here." Anyway, um, I will say, uh, Emma goes into to labor. A poor girl doesn't even get a scene about this after a year of being pregnant. Like because. Because was not contractually obligated yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they can't even do their math right. I mean, the poor woman has been pregnant math. for a very long time. <laughs> math again has never been one of their strong suits. Costuming, no. costuming is their strong suit. Math, not so much. We're lucky we, they remembered she was pregnant. True. 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 I mean, they remembered Sue had a baby in this particular episode, so, okay. Um, Sue had a baby? Oh, my God! Did you really forget that? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That was sarcasm. No, I'm not being sarcastic. You you, you claim you watched season three. Apparently, you didn't watch all of it because that stupid plotline had crammed down our throats. Like the last five episodes. No, it's more like I, the last 12 episodes. I watched <laughs> oh, so she was just dating an elephant, too. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper is in do with Cooper one Anderson, third of one episode. I can't be guaranteed that I remember that part of season three. That is like point yeah. zero 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 three percent of the series. But it's the pregnant most important part zero zero three She is pregnant in that episode. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know, obviously, I shoved it out of my brain just going, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> As one should, actually, um, before we did the rewatch, I completely had forgotten about it, too. So. Basically, my entire vision of that is that gif with the oct- with the octopus just going, nope, 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 nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so going on, actually, I kind of like this next scene. Um, it's just Rachel walking down to the stage. I think it's kind of cool. It's nicely and done. Great camera work. Yeah. Say the guy had to go down backwards, like yeah, what he would have done. Uh, sit and really steady. Yeah. If you, if you watch it, I mean that that's a fantastic. You know, technically fantastic bit of camera work. Mm-hmm. So let's hear it for the cameraman. Round of cinematography! Yay! <laughs> they always lit Blaine's ass with care and attention. They do. They knew thoughts. what people wanted to see. They do. Um, okay, so then we get "I'm the Greatest Star," which has already been done on this show, but I think they ran yeah. out of funny girl songs, so they had to do it again. <laughs> They already <laughs> could have just had her, her not have to sing hard. something, but that would never happen. Oh my god, you guys stop talking at the same time. <laughs> what? I totally what missed what you said. To. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so no, no one could talk. <laughs> well, we got scolded. <laughs> it's the obligatory scolding of the episode. <laughs> At least we're talking about the episode and right. not about some random topic. <laughs> All actually on I just and you're like, uh-uh. I didn't know what you were saying, and I couldn't tell what you were saying because you said it at the same time. I want to hear you. You have two ears. No, one of them is deaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. I am oh, completely I deaf. She has fifty percent of one ear for each of us. <laughs> <laughs> but that means she has none for Rosie. I'm really sorry. <laughs> So, anyway, fun facts sitting behind Carton Blaine are Darren Chris's parents. Yeah, that always all of this little Bjork arc has like, yeah, I didn't because Rachel's dad shows up, dad's in it, Chris's boyfriend, um, uh, Amber's mom was in Tested. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's time to get everybody's, you know, family members. I, I will tell you, I mean, I didn't notice his parents until somebody pointed it out. But when Chris's boyfriend showed up in, was that Intested? No, it's in New, New York. Because he's New literally York. between the two of them. That's yeah, why. I almost <laughs> fell off the couch like, holy shit. <laughs> then I had to make sure I was watching the right show. Because <laughs> that was a little like, what just happened here? Yeah. So, um, also going on, Sue is being obnoxious and she gets up and leaves and she meets a restaurateur named Mario who is very boring and why the show is now going to dedicate a lot of time to this. (laughs) It's ridiculous. So yeah, they have a little meet cute in lobby. It's not really that interesting. Um, Um, so then they have the intermission and, and Arby, you can ran again because now Kurt and Mercedes is, are in the, the, like, what do they do? How, how could they get there? Even in, during, what? <laughs> like, how did I mean, they get they back there? They wouldn't let people backstage at my high school musicals, let alone, let yeah. alone professional Professional brother. Right. I do not understand this. But, you know, it might have been that same teleporter technology that can get you from <laughs> Ohio to New York in the blink of an eye. If they didn't even bother going through security, they just teleported from their seats to her dressing room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really weird. And plus, she, it's, she's in the middle of her show, and she's still like, oh, my God, am I doing well? And the producer guy's like, you better. This one New York critic is the going to make her or break us. I'm like, okay, Mr. Producer Guy. I love it that he assumes that people still pay attention to the print media. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, what? Okay, like. Well, I mean, here's another thing. She would not have been able to really see. I mean, I mean, she might have been able to see somebody moving in the crowd, but she would not have been able to tell that it was Sue. You know, when and, you're in you on know, stage, you can only see like the first row, maybe in the middle of a show. How does she know that was it just someone going to the bathroom? Not to mention, most people won't get up. I mean, like the, you pretty much are stuck in there. You can't really move. <laughs> so, like, yeah, someone's. I mean, and you try it. not to, but still. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, 
Then they do the second half, which is even worse, uh, because, like, I would have rather watched Recreation of Funny Girl than watch this stupid date with Mario at his restaurant where Sue and Mario have a conversation. I don't even, I didn't watch that part. Marby, you watched it. You have any I thoughts? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because there, really, there were no thoughts to have. It was just like, can we move on? It, it was it was pointless, and I couldn't quite figure out what they were going for. I I, don't, I couldn't no. tell whether they were trying to humanize Sue or indicate that something because what it's what it seems like is happening is that they are setting this guy up to come back later in the season. Right. And I was afraid that she would be like back in the New York art. But yeah. They don't do that, that. And that's what it, that's what it felt like it was setting up, but knowing what happens, that's obviously not what happens. And so it's just it, it's like on Simpsons episodes, sometimes the episode runs short and they have like a little thing with like Maggie's going off on an adventure with her woodland friends. Yeah. It's kind of felt like that. that they yeah. Have, that they had time that they had to fill and they decided to send Sue off on a very special, most excellent adventure, but it was so boring and pointless. And, and I mean, it was the like the was world's worst. Wrong and wrong. at the end, just kind of gross. Yeah. Well, we'll get yeah. to that in a second. And also, but like, also oh, allowed Sue to join in with who are you now, which was beautifully sung by mm-hmm. Rachel earlier. It's, it's a gorgeous song. I mean, I, I really love it. And then we have Sue singing in it to well, random dude she's just met. I was really pissed with that. Well, the, also because a lot of people, it meant a lot of, you know, a real huge thing for it because she's singing it about Finn and, of course, Finn. it's about Corey. And it is a really beautiful moment for Rachel and to kind of mar that with Jane Lynch singing about this random-ass guy that she's yeah. got to know for five seconds. It's... It, it really just, just sort of like, what was it? A really lovely moment was just lost because of that, and I, I, that I was really sad about. I, I generally don't get so, and I, I didn't get so sort of like pissed about uh, Sue taking up moments, but that one in particular, I was like, really, what was that about? I just can't <laughs> figure out what the writers were going for. Like, I don't what know. Was, I what just was the obligation? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, that's why I wonder. Any other thing other than contractual obligation? And so there were so many other interesting things you could be doing. Could have had, and like it slows the episode way down. Like by you know, it, it, there's a lot of. I mean, you can skip over the ridiculousness because there's so much like funny things happening in the first twenty minutes, and then it gets to the actual funny girl part, and it's like they didn't know what else to do to keep the episode afloat, so they just threw this in there, and yeah, like like ugh. it's it's like uh, the episode just sort of drags in the middle, like they fell asleep and took a nap or something, because towards the end it picks right back up. Yep, exactly. Well, and then like. Well, except for the last five minutes, but we'll get to that. Um, but, like, this... They didn't even make him likable. I mean, he's a jerk. And Sue is funny in her meanness. This guy's not even funny. This guy's just boring Me. and a jerk. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're supposed to even care that they have a romantic affair? It, who it's cares? It's one of the issues that I had with Kitty when she first became a character on the show. She wasn't funny. She was just yeah. mean. Yeah. And there was nothing redeeming about her. Exactly. Now I love her, but when she first came on, I struggled with her for a lot of reasons, and that's the biggest one. So, 
Well, let's put this matter behind us. Let's talk about the entire group of them coming backstage now <laughs> to be with Rachel after the show is done. Um, I, I'm curious as to what you guys think about this. She decides to skip out on the cast party. And I don't know. I, just, I mean, I understand that the cast can't be a part of this, you know, little montage. It's really amazing that we're going to get in a second. But I do think it was a little weird. She's like, yeah, I don't want to go to the cast party. Like, is that rude? <laughs> it's incredibly rude. I mean, she's she's the star of the show. And yeah. she's not even going to show up. I mean, it, it's basically telling your castmates that you don't view them as important. Yeah, exactly. And the and the producers and the director and the everybody yeah, and I mean just, every everybody involved that you have something better to do with your time exactly and not to mention that you he was gonna like give out this like big fancy dinner I'm like dude you're a college student free food like for the rest of right. it anyway like yeah poor oh my god like I understand why it's like but why give an explanation I mean just have the next scene start like hey I want to yeah. don't even mention a cast party just say I want to go out and have fun with my friends I don't, I don't know why they did that just well, makes Rachel look like a moron so wasn't like, this whole section like up. sorry <laughs> I was gonna say wasn't this whole section a throwback to a movie I can't remember the name of I don't if know. If it was, I didn't recognize it. No. I will oh, say. Oh, it is. And I, not this particular, but, well, like, I'm going to look it up because it's going to drive me crazy. Okay. Did you figure out the last thing you looked at? I can't. I know what I'm looking for, <laughs> but I can't find it. <laughs> that sounds. They should have had them go to the cast party and go out to a nightclub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Um, I do like and appreciate the fact that Blaine, it's Blaine's idea. Like, he knows a gay club, and he, like, totally wants to show. I'm pretty sure, and just the way Kurt is when they walk in, and he, like, throws his jacket to somebody. and Like, Kurt's been there, too. Like, this whole, like, Rachel must be, like, the only person that has not been to this gay club, because, like, everybody <laughs> else is, like, way comfortable. So, it's, it's the one secret thing they keep from her in their life. I like, believe it. Like this so, is the one place that oh. is not marred by Rachel by having to cater to Rachel Berry, and I'm so I'm so boggled that they were like, no, yeah, we'll take you here. <laughs> no, to our and special it's, spot. It's so funny that it it's technically they never say it, but it's so obvious that it's a gay club. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are two women making out in the background of one of these scenes, but um, I love this sequence. I love this club. I it's love so the fun. song. It's so much fun. All of it was so great. And, yeah. um, well, I, my, a friend of mine and I, we wrote a fic based on Kurt and Blaine going to this bar all the time. That's one should. That's good. Yeah. And the bartender takes bets on from how the many bartenders. people are going to try to hit on them. <laughs> oh. But, yeah. but I, you know, it's something, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I was just saying it was fun to write and it. They have to go there a lot. I mean, they have to. Sure. You're way too comfortable there. They when are, though. They're how very they comfortable were, here. Like, versus, like, in season three when they went to Scandals. And now... Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, um, it shows something that Glee doesn't show very often uh, once they get into college, is that a bunch of group of college kids having fun. Like, that is not a thing that happens on this show. <laughs> so, just <laughs> Everything having... is so serious. Oh, yeah, or just, they don't, like, have group scenes like this. I mean, or they're at the loft. They spend a lot of time, I mean, I granted, I spend a lot of time at home, so I get it, but, like, 
um, yeah, this just made sense. So yeah, it's it's nice to see the characters doing the kind of things the characters would be doing, frankly, which is, is like going out to clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, RB, what do you think? I agree. And I would like to get to the point where people are uh, feeling each other up in the song. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, we're there. <laughs> They're touching each other. I'd like, I just, I love, I love the cuddle pile that they end up in as they are all. <laughs> Kurt's on the top. <laughs> yeah. I love Blaine's it. Blaine's on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But, but that is, that is one of my favorite, is, is the cuddle pile. It's one of my favorite it. things yeah. in this garbage episode see and i love that i like that they're, i love that kurt's really comfortable at this place i love that they're acting like they're having fun and just enjoying dancing and just being ridiculous and uh, it's such a great sequence like why couldn't all the episodes why couldn't the rest of this episode be like this <laughs> um, yeah the yeah. only the only really unrealistic thing about this scene is when the guy's like, oh my god, you're Rachel Berry, you should sing something for us. And she's like, no, I don't need to. And acting like she's embarrassed that people are paying attention to her. I'm like, oh, I know. No, well, no, no. She's, That's, no. She's definitely soaking it. She, whatever, it's false modesty. She's like, really? You really no. like me? Oh my god, uh-huh. nobody's ever told me that before. That's how I it. <laughs> it's one I made earlier. I shall sing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's also funny about this song though um originally people did um people took apart this this song vocally it's all rachel but actually the rest of the group is um mixed in but they're so quiet like the on the main mix of the the track they lowered the other voices so much that you can barely tell that they're there but they are there isn't so crazy to me Anyway, just a random thought about the music. Cuddle pile. I mean, um, seriously, I just, I was just, this, that, that scene and being in fandom when that happened and no one knew about that. Nobody knew that that, like, I think that spoilers have been out that maybe they were going to go to a, a gay bar or club or some club instead of a cast party or whatever. That was it. Nobody well, knew they, that there was going to be like full on because groping. they had replaced all of the extras with people's family members. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, you did, they didn't trust extras anymore. So it's like, well, I guess I'll put your parents in there as, <laughs> as these extra folks. Do, do you have any cousins? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's your parents. Dad. I'm pretty sure Darren's parents cameoed three times on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were so. in some of the sectionals. or They were in the sectionals, this one, and then they were in the series finale. They were at the very end. Yeah. They Maybe they yeah, just they liked were. being extras on shows, so. Yeah. But, anyway. Um, I also really like the, the coming home, because they, again, felt like, you know, college students coming back after a long night and it's just like they're tired and Sam falls asleep on the couch and I love the moment when as much as you know Rachel it was like a really good night you know she had a good opening and you were happy for her and everybody was in a good mood and they groped each other at a gay bar so you're in a really good (laughs) mood at this point and then 
Okay. Well, before that, though, I really want to, I love the moment where um, Tina's like, oh, I got a number. And Blaine's like, I told you he was gay. He <laughs> 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 took the number from her. <laughs> Cracks me up. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So then they find out that Sue has been having sex all over the apartment. And I have to say, there's one background moment that just slays me, if you catch it, um, when she's like, Somebody, Tina's like, oh, she had sex in your bed. And Kurt's like, oh, that's gross. But then she says, you know, I've had sex everywhere, including the couch. And then in the background, you can see Santana going, get up, get up, get up to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so funny. She's like, get up. Because she's like, oh, gross. And she's like, Sam has fallen asleep on the couch. And she's like, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> you have to get up. It's so funny. Kurt's <laughs> <laughs> oh. robe. And Kurt's robe. Oh my god! <laughs> Not his robe anymore. Nope. <laughs> burn that. He you probably burns his feet. Keep that. <laughs> yeah, you can keep it. Now, did he say something about burning his sheets at one point, or did I? Did I just project that onto him? I think you projected it on him. But well, he, he should. should have. Yeah. I and, won- and there should be bleach involved. <laughs> With the yeah. burning of the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, if you really want to go full battle. <laughs> I mean, okay, the light that bombed on fire, but. <laughs> this podcast took quite a turn. <laughs> and it wasn't because of me! <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This episode is a dumpster fire. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Probably down at the park next to the drug dealers. Um, So um, I will say the one thing that didn't kind of work for me, it's a comedic comedic beat that I don't think landed that well was Blaine in the bathroom. And then he comes out during Rachel's rant. And I'm like, I just felt like random it was it, i'm like i can see where if he came out and it was just like shocked like what the hell like made a face but he doesn't really make a face so i'm like this isn't that funny it's just weird it was just a bit random yeah yeah it was just kind of random just like not really like, funny but random really sure what the funny they were going for like is this a poop joke i mean i no i think it was just I, he was supposed to be shocked by rachel yelling at sue and being surprised that Sue was there because he goes in the bathroom before Sue comes out, but he didn't have an expression on his face that showed just like what the hell is going on, uh, or they didn't let him linger on. I mean, he might have, but they didn't linger on it long enough for it to land. So I don't know. It was just I can't tell what the original intent was supposed to be there. So I can't like it's obviously I don't find it funny. Yeah. It's weird. But it's not I mean, weird funny, it's just weird. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I know I'm supposed to laugh at this, but I don't know why. <laughs> no, anyway. So. I don't know, I feel that a lot in this series, so. <laughs> um, so yeah, then we Theoretically, get... Theoretically, this is supposed to be funny, but I don't see Matt Bomber, so I'm not oh paying my God. attention. You know, he wasn't in very much of the show. He should have been in more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I won't disagree oh, with you. It's just as a complete a lot of problems. Complete side tangent. I'm I don't know. I I'm guessing it wasn't you, but um on my last <laughs> poll, 
that said, who would you body swap with? And somebody wrote Cooper because I could intensely point at things. <laughs> Why did you assume you. that wasn't me? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it was me. I did it. That's what I thought. <laughs> that was my first reaction. <laughs> I feel, I feel like I made it pretty obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, this has got to be RB. But I mean, I don't know. But it just sounds like RB. <laughs> it's great. Cool. Thank you. Thank you I for that. It made me laugh. With, I wanted to play with his fingers. With his fingering. It oh. was me. It was me. <laughs> he had it coming. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you, Rachel, should, you should have more polls that have free entry of, uh, of text. <laughs> Okay. A lot of my polls have free entry of text. I know that, but they don't provide me the same opportunities <laughs> to make naughty asides. Okay, well, <laughs> next time I will leave it. I need more opportunities to make naughty asides. Do you? You don't have enough? I need more. Hmm. I think we all need more. This would be the point if this was a Glee <laughs> episode that we would then transition into me singing Britney Spears' Gimme More. <laughs> I feel Ooh. like I need a musical cue. <laughs> I, I just gave you one. I need to log more, out of the call more, and log give me, back give in. Me more. Have that <laughs> All you need to do is, I think this episode needs a musical cue. Musical cue. <laughs> you missed it. You're late on your musical cue. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, if Arby's not going to sing for us, um, Give, so me, we have, give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so we have Rachel yelling at Sue. It's fine. I don't even, like, I I think it would have been more effective yelling at her at a certain, uh, at different points in the show. But here, it just, I don't, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> it did good because it doesn't really work for me either. I want it, I, I wanted it to work because I like that somebody was finally telling her off, but it, it just doesn't, I don't know if it's because it's should They should have told her off in the McKinley hallway. Yeah. Like, or, like, right after they got their diploma, it's like, I'm graduated, let me tell you what I think of you bitch sit down. See, that's the other thing. It's not funny. It's very, like, Rachel is seriously yelling at her about how she, you know, and her friends are going to, like, enjoy themselves. But I don't necessarily think it's funny. So, therefore, you know, yelling at a cartoon character for being mean just seems, I don't know. Pointless. Yeah. (laughs) So. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I do like when Sue says, I don't feel very welcome here anymore. (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. That is funny. So, anyway, then she and Mario leave with Kurt's pajamas. Um, Anyway. Um, All right. So then they all go out to. um, I love this. There's so many meta jokes in this episode. They go out to get a New York Times, and the guy's like, they'll email it to you in like 10 minutes. (laughs) Like, why do you want print? Um, I admit there is something kind of, I don't know, cute and kind of old school about let's go get the paper. Get the paper. I know. And I actually, it's kind of funny because on the one hand, I like 
them as a group doing things and them like reading all of this together. It's kind of cool to see them each take a part. On the other hand, it is just It's been so long since they've had these like big group scenes together. You know, like one of the things that always worked for me about the show is even when the writing was kind of blah all over the place, they were always in the choir room together. And so you still got the all of their individual chemistries as actors playing off of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the episodes where my favorite characters didn't have, uh, like, a main storyline, I still looked forward to the episodes because they were always in the background doing something or offering commentary or this, that, or the other thing. And so uh, it was really nice to see them kind of get that back just a little bit. Yeah, because I agree. Because missing it. Well, I mean, to a point, I think the New Yorker is pretty good without... <laughs> it's this it's kind of stuff, better, but but it's also better at putting them together more in groups instead of single character plots. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I hate this review. Oh, <laughs> 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 so I, I I'm gonna I I want to go back for a big hyping bowl of Rachel Berry. That just isn't fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very weird and awkward review yeah it doesn't sound like a new york times review but whatever no um, uh, it's probably written by ryan Murphy. oh i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> see what they should have to make it funnier instead of like oh no the critic from the times is here it should have just been like a whole bunch of like broadway instagrammers like we're really concerned with what they think uh, oh, what yeah. these bloggers think and what these what these influencers think. Wait, was were influencers a thing back when this was airing? Or is well, this that... was in 2014, so you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> like not to this extent, but yeah, yeah. Um, God, that seems so long ago. Mm, I know it's really weird. But like, I think it would have been funny with you know bloggers instead of the New York. Yeah, Every, everything. Well, it was, Everything was played so surprisingly serious. And sincere. And it comes off as a little too... I mean, like, I like it's cheesy. It's too much. But it's, it's too, too sincere. An like that, so, where some of its greatest moments were the over-the-top comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The seriousness of the stuff. It's like a, a Jekyll and Hyde thing. One minute you're giving me over-the-top comedy. And then, boom, hitting me with this super serious subject. And well, he, and on some time, some episodes does a really good job of navigating those two very different tones, but I don't think they did a great job in this episode. Of well, it. not to mention, it's one of those things kind of like the end of season three with nationals where, you know, she's going to be fine. Like of they never, she nothing bad ever happens, happens to, to Rachel. So, I mean, that's why when she, her, she freaking loses her show. It's so comedic. Uh, you know, it's funny because she actually, you know, did whatever. Or when she is leaving her show and it's an actual serious moment of, and they sing Uninvited and in Loser Like Me, it actually packs a little bit of a punch because it's, it's you know, a legitimate moment. Whereas here, like, you know, it doesn't feel like anything because... Hello? <laughs> That's Rachel Berry calling to uh, yell at you. <laughs> you turned it off. So. You probably didn't want to take that phone call anyway. I didn't. I have much more important things to talk about. 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's fine. There's nothing other than the awkward of the wording, but it's whatever. I don't, I don't mind, however, the them calling Will and Will saying that you know he has a baby boy and that. Um, okay, that moment right there was the first time in like three seasons that I had any genuine good-natured emotion towards Will Schuster. Yeah, I good can see that. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> I don't think I cared all that much, but oh it is goodness. a nice... <laughs> like, I think it's a nice moment for the characters in general. It, it made sense. Um, I think part of it is because you kind of... Well, because they named the baby after Finn indirectly, so it kind of was a moment of... Oh, they named the baby after Finn. Yeah, and I, oh. I know that that meant a lot to uh, a, a lot of people who watch the show. Yeah. yeah. It does. I, I'm going to be the one that steps out and says I have a cold, awful heart. It doesn't really move me, but I do for a lot oh, of good. people. good. I'm so glad that you said that before I was ha- before I had to say it. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I had no emotion Shame. about them. No, well, but it did. I mean, I, you know, it I did for no a lot of people. To it. Yeah, I have no emotional attachment to it either. Um, Fine, then I'm the only sad. That's okay. You are. Rosie, thank <laughs> me. What about Rosie? Rosie, how do you feel as I put you oh, on the spot? I have a cold black heart, so it does really. <laughs> <laughs> All of you. <laughs> I, I, I'm also probably going to catch it as a semi comatose as well. So I'm, I'm going to just like. Apologize for my entire lack of energy because I am so oh, tired. But it's okay. You've had a long couple of days. Uh, no worries. Um. So yeah, and then Time I can go. I agree. I don't that... agree. Then don't say why. <laughs> um. The thing that really gets me, though, is that this whole episode... I Okay, so yeah, you're going to do an episode about Rachel and her opening night. Don't you think it should end with the main plot line? Yeah. And <laughs> you would five think. minutes of this Sue Mario... That's how it ends with this all this Sue Mario stuff. And I, I did watch the end of this right before we started. Why are Sue and Mario getting more heavier makeouts than any of the characters? Even Finchel didn't get a makeout like this. And I'm like, this is gross. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just watching this. So just get But it wasn't comedic. It wasn't like Tina and Sam making out, which was funny. I mean, like. No, it wasn't. It was, it was just. Supposed to, <laughs> it was just grim. <laughs> I'm like. Jeez, like Will and Emma don't even kiss like this. Why is this a thing? <laughs> it looked all wet, revolting. It was just nasty. <laughs> yeah, uh, just yeah. So yeah. I'm glad you can really end the episode at the um at the, uh, at the newspaper. Yeah, the newspaper yeah. thing. Yeah. But the other thing is the, the way it really, really ends is with Sue doing her Sue's Corner again. Because earlier in the episode, she was whining about how New York was awful. And then she, I don't, I hate it when they do this with Sue. Like, oh, it was so awful, but it's the best place in the world. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I love New York, but why? Or why is this? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why this character? Why? Yeah. I don't understand I don't, <laughs> this whole thing with Sue in this episode. I don't get it. No. 
contract obligation. <laughs> and that's yeah. how Stu sees it. <laughs> yeah. Opportunities missed the story of Glee. Oh. <laughs> God, that's a tell all waiting all to happen, right. isn't it? Not just. <laughs> On that note, um, unless you guys have anything else you wanted to add, no takers. No, okay. In a gay bar. <laughs> um, that kind of wraps it up for opening night, curtain call on opening night. Um, join us next week when we do the backup plan, which is a lot more fun than this episode. Sorry, guys. Um, and it's, it's a lot more fun. I was just watching that too. <laughs> uh, it's Tina. <laughs> so check us out next week and have a great night. You make me feel so young You make me feel like spring has sprung Like the way he's speaking His confidence is peaking Don't like his baggy jeans